When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Canary Sports Corner, everybody. How you doing on a Saturday? Fantastic to be with you here. It is Louis tuning in for another edition of the Enterprise Recruitment Canterbury Sports Corner on the 3rd of February. We've got plenty coming up on the show today. Boy, it's been a busy period. It's been such a busy period for Canterbury Sports, has it not? Um, you think about it, we've had the Kings robbed in the Super Smash Fighter with Auckland, which got rained off. Feels a lot like the Super Rugby LTRL competition, doesn't it? Yeah, you remember the one that the Blues won uh, after a round-robin competition and actually the Crusaders didn't lose as well. We'll talk about the Crusaders in just a wee bit as as well because they're up north, so I'll give you an update on how they are going um, specifically. But it, it's been, as I say, a really busy time and that is because we've had... Wow, so much sport and racing. You know, I've been up north. Um, hey, what about this? Gus Wigley, uh, Inglewood Stud, Velocious, the breeder. Inglewood Stud, North Canterbury, Ahoka. Barnswood Farm, we spoke to Sarah Green last week. Orchestral, yes, they bred the winner of the three-year-old Karaka Million. Um, the, it's just desert lightning in their colours. It's been a fantastic time for Canterbury racing. Um, on the sporting front, uh, we've got lots and lots going on. I'll tell you what we're going to do today. Well, we've got a new, yes, we have got a new Canterbury Bulls coach, Canterbury Rugby League. They didn't have a, a wonderful tournament uh, NPC this year, so they have gone to the well and they've found themselves a new coach. We're going to catch up with the coach. I'm going to hold off on that announcement until then, so you have to come back and stay around later exactly who it is and uh, a little bit about them. Um, we're going to talk to the new Canterbury Bulls coach, correct? Uh, what else are we going to do? Well, Gus Wigley, Inglewood Stud, breeder of Velocious. Uh, we'll catch up with him, find out about his operation out there in North Canterbury, out of Hoka. Um, how's this for a little bit of a something a little bit different? We don't typically do a lot of club cricket, but today I thought we would because we have a Black Cap series getting underway, um, test series against South Africa. And you know who's involved in that? Willow Rourke. Uh, well, he's in the squad at least. So Willow Rourke's club coach, Carl Hazer, out at Burnside Cricket Club. We're going to get a little bit of a read on the club season with Carl, what's been going on, um, how they're going, what he can tell us about Will O'Rourke, or War as they call him, see, W-O-R, uh, his skills when they knew he was a little bit special, a little bit different, and, and everything like that. We're going to catch up with him um, just a little bit as well, because it's been a really, really, really special time uh, for Willow Rooks. Just going through the grades that New Zealand A-Tory went on and, and dominated was just the, the writing on the wall. So him being in the Black Cap squad's awesome. Well, it's a good chance also for us to find out a little bit more about domestic, uh, well, actually club cricket here in the Christchurch region because it's been hot, hasn't it? It's been very hot. Good summer so far down in this part of the world. Now, I did say I wanted to talk Crusaders briefly here in the open. 
this is going to... And the, the good thing about the Canterbury Sports Corner is that it's for Cantabrians and Crusaders fans. So the Crusaders, they're up in Ireland. They're taking on Munster. First weekend of the Six Nations, but they're taking on Munster. I've got a team list for you. So this is pre-season. While other pre-season, uh, the pre-seasons and for other Super Rugby clubs probably involve going to the races and doing a little bit of a Bronco here and there, the Crusaders are up in Munster, up in Cork, taking on Munster. Here's the team list. George Bauer, George Bell, Owen Franks, Quinton Strange, Taylor Cahill, Dom Gardner, Tom Christie, Cullen Grace, Mitch Drummond, Taha Kimata, Marcus, Marcus Springer, Dallas McLeod, Levi Omoa, Shea Fihaki, Lee Half Penny. That's your 15. Ione Moanu. We've got Kershaw Sykes Martin, Seb Calder, Jamie Hanna, Christian Lilawilly, Noah Hotham, Rivers Rayhana. Ryan Crotty, Josh Southall, Hedemeyer Murray on the bench. No All Blacks involved, and that is the 25 we can turn out. Incredible. That should make us, as Crusaders fans, feel very bloody good about the year to come. So no All Blacks, no current All Blacks involved with that squad because they are resting. It was just too much to get them up into the Northern Hemisphere after the World Cup, etc. So that is the squad we've got. Play, taking on Munster. Uh, honestly... Quite sensational. And that would probably bother a lot of other Super Rugby fans. The good news is it doesn't bother us because uh, well, they're our team. So we can do what we like and we can sing their praises. So they're taking on uh, Munster on Sunday at 6am. You can tune into that. Just fantastic. We've got a big edition of the Canary Sports Corner. Gus Wiggly Inglewood stud. We'll talk to Carl Hazer about Willow Rourke and club cricket. A very... Special announcement on your new Bulls, Canterbury Bulls head coach coming up for the leagueies out there. Big show, Canterbury Sports Corner. Thanks to Enterprise Recruitment coming up very, very soon. Well, I promised you very exciting news for our local rugby league scene, and we've got that in the form of a a new men's head coach for the SENZ Canterbury Bulls, who, it's no secret, we uh, followed it closely this year, or later, uh, later on last year, I should say, and they had a bit of a rough time of it. So changes have been made, and, and we've got a real steward of the game um, locally here in Christchurch stepping in to take over as head coach. He's a Hallswell stalwart in particular. He's got a, an impressive and varied coaching CV, um, plenty of local competitions, uh, coached Canterbury under-19, South Island Scorpions, um, a lot of work in the in the youth and domestically here with our, our local comp as well. So it's a pleasure to welcome into the show now Walter Wilson. Morning. Walter, you must be absolutely thrilled with this appointment. Yeah, hi there, Louis. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that intro. Uh, yeah, look, um, really happy with it all. Uh, the timing's uh, good for me, and um, yes, exciting times to come. So, why is the timing good for you, mate? What have you been doing for the last few while? I've got your full rap sheet here, but people they don't want to hear me bang on about it. Why don't you give us a bit of background on yourself and what you've been up to? 
Uh, well, I went uh, I went over to Sydney uh, with my son um, back in 2017. He had a couple of trials with the West Tigers, and um, they said that uh, he was one of three they were looking at. However, he missed out on the cut. Um, and then they said if he was if he was going to play over there, uh, then he would only be possibly an injury away from selection. So we uh, packed up uh, and went over. Uh, and the team he was playing for, the feeder club, Royd Eastwood, uh, they uh, ended up offering me the head coaching role, which was a big shock for me. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, again, another another exciting opportunity. So uh, went there for two years. We had a minor premiership. Uh, we won the minor premiership and also a grand final. Uh, the grand final was the first time Royd Eastwood had, uh, had won uh, or been in that competition for 19 years. So it was quite a quite a, uh, an effort from the boys uh, at the time so um, yeah, then after that came back to Christchurch and uh, went with Horswell um, for two seasons uh, got to the, the top four playoffs uh, both times just one game away from the grand final which was hard to take Louis but um, uh, yeah and then uh, had, uh, had a year off which um, I guess when you say why is the timing right just having that 12 months sabbatical away from the the footy, it's um, yeah, it, it, yeah. I'm really hungry to, to get back into it. So you're obviously a rugby league lifer, are you, Walt? Um, and that that international experience, I mean, that's a that must have been a marvelous experience. You know, being able to get dropped into the deep end like that and and succeed so quickly. Yeah, well, look, we went through. I think it was 34 players in three games. Uh, and that was more because uh, I needed to find out what those guys could do. Uh, although I was getting good, very good advice from a number of people at the time, the last thing I wanted to do was say, well, it didn't work because, you know, Bob Brown told me to pick him. I needed to find out for myself. So, yeah, we had we had uh, one win uh, in the first three games, uh, lost by two points to the top team at the time in the fourth and then uh, in a 22, there was 22 games in in uh, that comp, and we didn't lose a game after that fifth fifth uh, after that fifth game. We didn't lose a game uh, from there on in. So um, yeah, the riding was on the wall quite early. We were partway through the season and had a real belief that we could win the comp. When did your passion and and your I guess your rugby league IQ where does it come from? What's your What's your, I guess, your resume in in the the younger years there, Walt? Because like you've you've clearly got a lot of knowledge about the game to even get into that scenario in Sydney, and and obviously the roles you've had back here in New Zealand with the the juniors as well, and and with Hallswell, um, you know, you don't you don't just get these roles without having either played or been around the game for a very long time. Yeah, look, I've been quite spoilt for coaches during my uh, playing career. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's flattering for you to say a rugby league IQ. There'll be plenty of people out there that would argue that. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, I've had the likes of uh, Phil Prescott, um, who, uh, you know, he was an assistant coach for New Zealand at, at, uh, a, a number of years ago. Um he, Jared uh, uh, Stokes, we all know uh, Jed, um, uh, unfortunately, um, has, uh, he's no longer with us, Jared, uh, mm. but he was, uh, yeah, we learned a lot uh, from him as a coach. Also, Gordon Smith, um, uh, Chris Baxter, uh, another another uh, coach gone too soon. But, um, look, we uh, yeah, very spoiled for coaches during that time. And as a player, uh, there were things that they uh, sort of brought into the game that I could, I 
personally had never even thought of. And um, yeah, yeah. Look, I, again, sport for sport for for having great coaches throughout my playing career. And so, with that in mind, and and having great mentors and experience yourself. When you took your year off and you were watching this, the, the, the Canterbury Bulls of 2023, and, and we've had a, you know lots of success, it's such a proud rugby league region down here, as you know. What, what are you thinking? And you, I'm not asking you to pick holes in, in what was going on in the campaign, but obviously part of you getting this role, you would have been asked to present your way forward. So where were the areas yeah. of improvement that you could see? Yeah, oh, look, I think uh, all of us are improving, Louis, aren't we? Uh, uh, I mean, uh, Frank Hennicott, that's a name I failed to mention before. He, he was someone that, that always uh, impressed upon improving every week. So, um, look, Jed Laurie, who uh, was last year's coach and has stepped down, uh, I guess, and because of that he's given me this opportunity, he was uh, the coach in particularly challenging times. So, um uh, you know, we've had a, a bit of a changeover with uh, leadership in Canterbury Rugby League during that time as well, and uh, they've got a really um, energetic uh, plan, uh, a lot of energy around moving forward for, for, for Canterbury Rugby League. Uh, you may know they've also just recently brought in a, uh, swimming lessons with all of the problems we have with our youth uh, drowning over summer. Uh, Canterbury Rugby League's brought in that initiative through Malcolm Hum and the board um, to offer free swimming lessons from eight-year-olds uh, through, I think it's a three-year a three-year stint from eight through to 11. Wow. Um, so there's a lot of things happening in, in Canterbury Rugby League and uh, I guess, um, yeah, w- what are the improvements? Well, one, I think we want to, we want to make sure we're getting players that are really passionate about wearing the rugby league, the Canterbury Rugby League jersey. Um, I know there was a lot of the, a lot of the boys that played last year that were absolutely uh, gutted. You know, it ripped a hole in them that the fact that they 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 were relegated. So um, a lot of those boys I know will have uh, a reason to turn up again this season. So I'd like to tap tap into that motivation with them and and uh, yeah look I, I, it could be a very new looking side it could be an opportunity for you know redemption as well for those that were there last year so we just look we just need to see what form what form uh, turns up uh, as early as uh, as early as April this year when, when it kicks off yeah and and no doubt you'll have a you have a pretty big role in the club season you'll be uh, around the grounds every single week do do you think yeah that we are in a position of strength or concern as far as the stock goes, the playing stock and the depth? Like, is the sport doing a good enough a job attracting young men into the sport and and women, and women, but for you and your role particularly, are we doing a good enough job uh, attracting teenagers and then keeping them through their early 20s to be able to have the Canterbury Bulls as a, a force to be reckoned with again? Yeah, look, we, we do. We, uh, uh, I mean, look, we look back at um, uh, just what happened last year. You know, St Thomas's, uh, yes. uh, Moni Clarkson's team winning, winning the uh, I, I believe it was the sixteen-year-old final when he had the South Island team, and the majority of those players uh, were from Canterbury. Um, yeah, we, we've had a lot of success. Uh, um, Brendan Rosie took his eighteen-year-old uh, side to the final. Uh, so we're looking at our 16s, our 18s, our secondary school talent. Um, yeah, look, we've got a lot, we've got a lot of talent coming through. Uh, out of them, there'll be a number of them that will be, you know, handpicked 
from clubs overseas or all the Warriors up in Auckland um, to, to continue their career through a, a, um, a different program. But there will be plenty of those players that will still be here in Canterbury that uh, yeah, we've, we've got a lot to work with. Well, it's so exciting. I, I think you've got a resistant passion for it. I can hear it in your voice, mate. You, you, you're inspiring me over the phone, to be honest. Can I can I rattle through a couple of quick fires before we wrap this up, just to just to to introduce you to the audience a little bit? Sure. What's your favourite club? Who's your team? Uh, are we we talking Canterbury or are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we'll, we'll go we'll go professional level. Oh uh, look, I, I don't tend to have a. Uh, I, I really like the underdogs. Um, okay. I think I've got a, a thing for the Rabbitohs at the moment. Um, I think they've got uh, a potential to do really well. Um, North Queensland Cowboys. Uh, I, I couldn't put my finger on one particular club. Club okay. Louis, no. Oh wow, he's, he's one question in. He's already ducking and diving. Okay. Um, if you were going to have one superstar player, which posi- in your team that you could coach, which position would you have them? Oh, I have to go two. I'd say uh, half and fullback. Mind you, they can't do anything if you haven't got a good front <laughs> row. Is, so, is, yeah, I'm, duck, I'm ducking and weaving again, aren't I? It's a bob each way and some. He's back to the field. Um, right, okay. Wayne Bennett as a Kiwis coach, yay or nay? Of course, yay. Why, why would you not tap into that wealth of experience and uh, breed some of our up-and-coming coaches um, to learn the ways of the old wise man. He's pretty, look, his record speaks for itself. Okay, that's a oh, very good answer. Uh, 2024, year, it's our year for the Warriors, is it? I certainly hope so. Um, and look, you know, as far as underdogs go, they've, they've, they've always been getting you know, smacked in the backside for, for their efforts, haven't they? But last year was... Last year was unreal. So, yeah, I've been watching them with a passion. It'd be great to see them go go forward all the way in 2024. Pretty good, Walt. Good to chat, mate. Pretty good. It's been a, it's been nice to meet you at, over the phone. And um, look, good luck for the the season ahead. We'll touch base plenty. We'll have to get your um your take on how the club season's going as well. So we'll check in every once in a while. But it's been a it's been great to spend some time with you there this morning. Good on you, Louis. Thanks thanks for the opportunity. Cheers. Right, let's do one of my favourite things and catch up with a good Cantabrian and talk racing. So a couple of things we can crowbar into one here. This is fantastic, isn't it? Um, Because uh, over the last 10 days or so, it's been a a massive celebration for the whole racing industry, the breeders, the trainers, the racers, the jockeys. uh, It really has been massive over Karaka Millions Week. And I tell you one stud that's had a wonderful week. That's Inglewood out here in Canterbury, out towards Ahokaway and that's because they, they bred the, the two-year-old winner in Velocious. And then they went to the sales, and then they sold the half-sister uh, back to go racing as well um, by done deal for $300,000. So it's been a fantastic week for Inglewood. It's been a fantastic week for our friends down the road there in uh what what has probably been traditionally not one of the, the hotbeds for thoroughbreds over the last wee while, you would say, in North Canterbury as well. So right now we're going to catch up with Gus Wigley. He's got still at Caracas, but he's nearly wrapping up. Gus, morning to you, mate. Has it been, um, has it been as special of a week as I kind of assume it would have been for you guys? Yeah, it's been fantastic. And, uh, I mean, when you've uh, got a $2.20 favourite for the Cracker Million, all the pressure's on. There's a lot of media coverage, so it was a nervous old night, but... Uh, very special for her to get the job done and she's been a great advert for the farm and um, we certainly got a, a lot of publicity about it and it led into a really good sale up here at Cracker, so that's really good. So, and that's exactly right. Timing's everything in this game, isn't it, Gus? 
Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a, it's a game of fashion, and um, <laughs> to, to, to have a, a half sister to a cracker million winner in the draft, and to, to have our name uh, headline, headline like that was was really good. And um, yeah, just talking to people around the sale grounds, um, as, as you mentioned earlier, we're at a little farm in the South Island, or we're a wee way away from the action. But um, yeah, to, to to be beating a uh, a horse like that on Cracker Billion Night put our, put our name in headlights, which was really good. Just on, on the farm aspect, and we can talk about the filly and, and your draft as well um, in a wee bit, but not a disadvantage, but how much... Ge- the geographical aspect of being a, a thoroughbred breeder and being based down here in the South Island, there's obviously a couple of you you guys, and, and we've had some great results. Obviously, Barnswood Farm did a hell of a job, and Orchestral was the the other one then uh, that won the three-year-old race. So that, that was that was cool to see. I know they do a lot of work with Hanui. The, the, the geographical aspect of it and getting people down to the farm and, and then obviously moving the horses, how, much, how challenging is it, and what extra dynamic does it add? Well, it's, it's certainly, it certainly is a challenge. Um, and, and to put it simply, we just don't get people down to the farm, really. Um, we don't do any on-farm parades before the sale, so we're very busy when we get up here. But um, we've been coming up here for 12 years now and have had a bit of success with the horses we've brought up. So certainly certainly the buyers make an effort to come and uh, make sure they see our draft every year. But no, the, the first day we paraded this year was the busiest day of parading we've had in 12 years. So, wow. so certainly uh, we, we got some rub off, but... Um, you know, the, the trip up with the yearlings is a really tough one. It's, it's 12 hours the first day on the float, leaving at 1 o'clock in the morning uh, with that four-hour ferry trip and uh, and then about eight hours the next day. So uh, we we arrived exhausted and so, so did the horses. But um, we, we got up here in one piece and, and got the job done, so it was great. So do you traditionally have one or two scratchings, a couple of horses that melt on the way up and you just think, oh, I can't do this to this poor thing? Well, no, we've we've been doing it a while, and we we have our um our little little routine and procedures that we that we do, and you know they're all sort of electrolytes and antibiotics on the way up, and um, B boosts and vitamin boosts and, and things, and so we, we've never actually had to pull one out, but you certainly hear about it. Mm. Um, they just they just arrive a bit tired, and uh, but they bounce through it up here and um and, and are fine. So um, it's it's the the trip over the on the ferry is probably the, the really tough part with the, if we get a rolling swell, that can, that can knock them occasionally, but we've never, never been in the situation where we've had to pull one out anyway. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, look, going through your results this year, it, it's, it's pretty, pretty impressive to be honest. And as we say, it's fashionable, it's timing is everything, but you've sold a, a Harry Angel for a hundred K, a Pur and Canto shock to Hong Kong for 200 K, the half to Velocious obviously for 300, um, the war decree for 150, which would have been very, very pleasing um, for, you um, a couple of ocean parks through your draft. It was good to see Carsten put his hand up for the the brazen bow Zigwig filly, um, and then the spirit of boom. And then that's that's only the six figure um, yearlings. So you guys be feeling pretty happy, and I, I guess a good reward for what is a little bit of bit more challenging being based down here. Yeah, yeah. No, it's. I mean, at the end of the day, we like to get good horses into good homes, and we sell as many as we can. It's a long. Um, Long trip up here to, to take them home, but um, we've certainly they've certainly found some good homes this year, and it was uh, go racing. We've bought a couple, which is fantastic. And Andrew Carsten, a local trainer down in, in Rickerton, he's got a new a new buyer, and um, he bought a couple of um, nice ones off us. So yeah, it's it's really good um, 
good having the support of the buyers up here, and we we know know those guys pretty well, and and buyers up here now, so it's it's nice when um, we can do business with them. So, and, and you're right, Andrew managed to pick up another the, another war decree as well um, out of Miss Foxy Gal for a hundred k. So, when you when you sell a, a war decree, is it a little bit more rewarding? And and your foray into the, the stallion standing with with war decree in particular, um, yeah, talk to us about that and and kind of the oh, I I guess the is it, is it a risk? I assume it is always a risk when you when you put a stallion like that that up. And and how's the process been with this guy in particular? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a massive risk. He was a really expensive horse, and uh, I've, I've got a young family and and uh, <laughs> and a mortgage, and um, you know, so so it is a big risk to to bring in a stallion like that. But he's doing a really good job, and um, yeah, lo- I love the feedback up here. Everyone thinks that he's doing really well, and um, plenty of people coming and look at his stock. Um, so it's, it's really nice that we we sort of have thirty mares and we send ten, ten to him a year and ten up to the Waikato stallions and and ten across to Australia and uh, we sort of the following year we'll, we'll shift, shuffle them around a bit and um, it's just given him a really good chance um, with some nice mares and and to be able to bring some up here and sell them's really good and obviously a big part of our investment is in, in service fees and some of the service fees we pay in Australia and up here um, you know with water crew we don't you know we have our, our um, uh, we own the horse ourselves um, with Falachi Downs, and uh, so it doesn't cost us anything to send the mare there. So certainly, a, a horse like yesterday, uh, the Miss Foxy Gal that we sold for a hundred, it was a um, hundred profit for, for to pay a lot of expenses. So um, it's, a, it's, it's nice when you get one like that. It's uh, uh, the cost add up in this business, so you, you do need to come up here and, and uh, have a good sale. So how many would he would he serve a breeding season, and what is his fee for those? And and, and have you copped a bit of interest? People saying, "Oh yes, we'll, we'll get round. We'll get we'll get a mare or two to you up there this year." Yeah, we have. Yeah, no, like, there's lots of people saying they want to see mares, and um, he's had a, a really good spring. He left a stakes winner on Melbourne Cup day over at Flemington, and I think he's three winners out of three in Hong Kong now. And um, wow, he's got a favourite for a stakes race on Saturday, and and a another uh, favourite for uh, a Group 3 over in Australia the following weekend. So, look, he, he's really a horse on the way up. And, um, you know, we've invested a lot in him. It's, it's not just money, it's it's time as well. You know, we've, we've been standing the stallion for, for, for several years now. And, um, you know, he's a neat horse to have around. So I'd, I'd like him around for another 15, 15 years to be serving bears with us. So that would be um, fantastic if he can carry on the way that he is. He's a, he's a cool horse to have around. It's big business, it really is, and it, it, again, it is like that. I don't know why, but in my head, it's just it. But but the, the outlay and the risk all becomes a bit more when we talk. We're not we're not talking the Waikato here. We're not talking Cambridge or Matter Matter. Like he's a long way down in the South Island, and it just it adds another layer to it. I reckon. Um, that. The filly, the very good filly, Velocious, and I think she is a really, really nice filly. I think hopefully she'll go on and win a Group One from here, and and that'd be massive for you guys, and obviously go racing and, and Marshy as well. I heard an anecdote actually. Somebody told me that they they might have seen her on the farm before the sale, and she was quiet as a church mouse, and her temperament has always been a class. Is is that is that what she was like when she was a just a wee baby? She is like that, but it's only because she's top dog. So we actually had her in a paddock of fillies um, when she was a weanling, as mm. a young one, and she just bit the hell out of them. Oh. <laughs> she was she was she was absolutely dominant. You know, perfect for the for, for people to handle. So we actually had to pull her out and put her in with three or four colts, and um, and she she just bit the hell out of them too. It was quite funny. We I think there was three, uh, four of them in there in total, and. 
four feed bins and the colts would stand back 20 metres away from the feed bins when you put the feed in and Velocious had to come up and put her head in, in her feed bin and choose which one she wanted and then the colts would come over. <laughs> That's how dominant she was. But, but as you say, quite as a church mouse to, to do anything worse than and to handle. So, um, yeah, I just she's just got that grit and determination and that um, aggressiveness to, to to really make a race. Also, I've just loved her from the day that she was born. She's she's the nicest filly that we've had off come off the farm, and nice to see that she's doing the job. So hopefully, you're right. Hopefully, she can go on to to win a Group One for us. That would be fantastic. Yeah. That is an amazing anecdote, Gus. That is so good. So, and, and you know, we know with these fillies and mares, they need a little bit of uh, anger, shall we say? Um, they, yeah. they they need to be able to channel that. So you're saying around the other horses, she was a total alpha dog, but if, for whatever reason, yeah. she just she just gets on with humans really well. And because and, talking to and you would have heard spoken to Stephen plenty this week, he just yeah. she's the perfect racehorse. He said he wanted he wants you know a hundred more of them. Yeah, and the half sister like this was exactly the same. The same personality. She was so, so dominant around other horses, but so easy to do anything worse. And uh, you know, you're right. They need that sort of toughness and uh, dominance to be to be that next level really good horse. Often, and um, she certainly got that. So uh, yeah, no, it's it's, it's interesting. They the horses' personalities are as varied as people's are, and they come in all shapes and sizes. And um, I think the flightiest, most anxious horse that I've ever sold up here at Cracker. Ended up winning a Group 3 in Hong Kong and being boxed for 23 hours a day, so I'm not sure how that happened, but um, you know, they always surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, and sometimes it's like throwing darts this game, honestly. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, you need a little bit of luck, and um, it looks like you guys got a wee bit this, this uh, week or this year as well with your draft, so I'm absolutely thrilled for you, Gus. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's a big, big business you guys do, and uh, it's fantastic to see you reaping a bit of rewards. So congratulations, and been lovely to chat, and yeah, hopefully Velocious, as we say, and then the half-sister can go on and do some special stuff for you and um, what you're doing down there out in North Canterbury. It's awesome to chat. No, thank you very much, Louis. I appreciate your time. Right, let's do a little bit of local sports with Trident Homes now. And oh, it's local sports, but it's actually got an international flavour to it, would you believe it or not? Because young Will O'Rourke is about a squillion feet tall and bowls a heavy ball. Um, he's in this Black Caps test squad, isn't he? And, and I think that's wonderful because we need youth injected into our bowling attack for the next wee while as we have an ageing one and um, he's come through the ranks very very quickly and part of that like with most cricket is club cricket so Burnside was his club is his club down here in this part of the world in Canterbury and Carl Hazer is a player coach out there at Burnside and, and as he's just told me off here has a lot of time for young William so we'll chat to Carl now a little bit about that morning mate how are you? Yeah, good yourself, Lewis? Yeah, doing fantastic, mate. And uh, look, I'm fascinated by this young man, Will O'Rourke. And actually, I, I haven't done a very good job of keeping up, uh, keeping across the club cricket scene this year, so I'm hoping you can fill me in with a bit of both. Yeah, no, definitely, mate, definitely. I'll give you a quick little story about William, um, or War, as he's known by, 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 by his teammates. Yeah, he arrived uh, in Canterbury and uh, as a young fella a few years back. Um, Arrived at the nets and, and scared a few blokes quite quite quickly within, within within the first five or ten minutes of his bowling, and we we, we straight away knew there was there was something special, uh, and it was just going to be is he, is he willing to work hard enough basically, which he clearly was. So he's he's come down. He's from if I've got this right. I spoke to Will recently. He's he's English via Auckland to Canterbury, right? 
Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 his dad actually played for Wellington. Played a little bit of first class cricket, Paddy. Played for Wellington. Um, but yeah, he was a St. Kent's boy. Um, I think he was under Mark Greatbatch, actually, at St. Kent's. There you go. And he played for Auckland in the nine teams. But um, yeah, Auckland didn't want, didn't give him any opportunities, really, after that, which was, yeah, quite surprising, to be honest with you. And uh, as soon as he got to, 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 to Canterbury and to Christchurch, he looked good straight away, mate. He's yeah, he's got a high ceiling, and uh, I think he's he's not even touching it yet. He's, he's still got a way to go, so it's, it's very very promising for New Zealand cricket, to be honest. Yeah, oh, totally and agree. As as, yeah, yeah. As soon as the the Canterbury selectors laid eyes on him, that it was pretty much instant. It's pretty much instant. Uh, just inviting him to a couple of trainings and stuff, and and just it naturally flowed from there with with his work ethic as well. He works really hard, and he. He seems to he seems to have sorted out um, his strength and conditioning. He just looks like a bowler that won't break down easily. It is like love at first sight between the the, the six foot whatever bloke and the Canterbury selectors. I'm I'm not surprised because look, raw ability and and a body to work with. If he can stay fit, he he really could be anything. And I guess from a club coach's perspective. What do you try and do when you get a guy like that? I mean, you obviously know he's destined for higher honours. Can you talk to us about some of the things you worked with him on and, and kind of maybe maybe the skill sets he developed and you got to see him uh, start to, the, the areas of growth you got to see him start to work on? Yeah, yeah, definitely. With war, actually, at the club level, as you probably understand, um, the wickets are probably a little bit different. So sure. I think one of his one of his first skills that he that he learned was like probably to adapt a little bit quicker to the conditions, um, and and the length the length that he had to bowl a club cricket to be successful versus on 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 it's now the test level are quite different. Um, a with the batters you play against, and B just the the, the wickets and um, the, the amount of bounce. I think he. He probably really struggled to hit the stumps initially, which you know sounds sounds a bit weird. But yeah, being that tall and um, that bouncy, he, he just yeah, he just he just didn't hit the stumps that often. It was actually a bit of a running joke, just hit the stumps wall in his first season. But um, yeah, it, it's quite hard to do if you if you bounce the ball that much unless it's a proper Yorker. And then you know, he, so he he adapted beautifully, mate. And um, yeah, he got his links right. It took him a few weeks, not too long, probably a couple, couple, a couple of months maybe, of club cricket before he, he adapted um, to the conditions. And and just from a working point, mate, we we, we knew he was going to be very good. And and we have like the Hadley brothers around around Christchurch, so um, yeah, Dale Dale started working with him very early on. As soon as they sort of saw what his pedigree was and and, and what his potential was, he did a lot of work with Dale. Um, and again, like technically, he's, he's reasonably sound as well. So it wasn't too much to change. It's probably just encouraging and, 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 and guiding. And that was about it for Big War. I think the the reason I'm so excited for him is because he's, uh, well, I think the New, it was the New Zealand Ace Tour to Australia where we kind of got to see what he could do against international calibre players. And when I spoke to him, it's the way he can uh, go, grow another league every environment he seems to have been in. And, and it's like, a, it's a really steep learning curve for him and he's pretty honest and open about that. So being now around guys like Neil Wagner and Tim Southey and picking up Matt Henry and picking up different deliveries and, you know, just the small change in grips and balls and, you know, areas. And I just think for a guy like him with all the talent, being around those people, it's going to send him to another stratosphere. 
Oh, absolutely, man. I agree 100%. He is, he's quite a quiet person, but, you know, when it comes to his cricket, he, he certainly has got a massive love for it, and he'll, he'll, he'll definitely find a way of, of communicating the, way, the, the things that he wants to work on potentially and, and, and maybe asking a few questions. He'll, he'll certainly do his best to, to pick their brains as much as he can, definitely. Hey, Carl, am I, am I detecting a slight accent? Yeah, I was I was born in South Africa. There was uh, about fifteen years ago we moved to to New Zealand. So yeah, um, sort of trying to be a Kiwi now, mate. Nah, no, nah, you, you never forget your roots. You're, you're a bob each way, um, so that's fine. Now you've got we've got the the South Africans in town, so that that starts on Sunday, which is going to be magnificent. We're, the kind of the mystery men of South Africa cricket, we haven't seen a hell of a lot of them. I I've been digging back through some first class um, South African cricket stats to try and work out who exactly we're, we're going up against. But it must be bloody cool whenever because it doesn't happen a hell of a lot, and obviously it's well documented the Black Caps or New Zealand cricket team has never beaten South Africa in a Test series. So you must love it when the um, the home country comes to visit. Yeah, no, it's always good. It's always good, mate. Um, the last two they had, yeah, I think it might have been last year actually. That was that was quite a good one because I had a few mates and in, in, in that lineup that I used to play a bit of cricket with. But uh, yeah, this year I'll, I'll be dead honest with you. I probably only know two or three of them. I've got no <laughs> idea who they are. So we, I think we're all in the same boat here, mate. But um, uh, I'm sure there's normally quite a bit of depth. So. You know, um, they'll they'll be okay, but I think yeah, we the black caps should just outlast them in home conditions. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be good good well, to get a get a series win, wouldn't it? It'd be great to give a bit of wind under the black caps test sails before Australia gets here for sure. So I hope you're right in that case. And and it's interesting because South Africa as a cricketing nation is one of the, the true great exporters. You know, like. It's it's amazing the amount of South Africans you run into all around the world. I'm sure you've done a lot of travel, and they they pop up and they're playing club cricket here or, or grade cricket here or domestic cricket here. And, and New Zealand has definitely benefited that from that. I mean, we've got uh, I think of Dev and um, you know Neil and, and Glenn and the, the the outfit at the moment, and then people like yourself that uh, filter all the way through club cricket. So you're obviously quite integral at the Burnside Club there. Um, how's that season been going? And What's the the status on the club season? Yeah, we've we've had a, another very solid season so far. We were about I think twelve points clear in, in the two day competition. We we're about there or thereabouts for a semi final spot in the one day. That's currently currently going on. There's a couple more round robin games. Probably just need one more win to get into the semi final. No, club cricket, um, especially at Bensonside, yeah, it's strong. And actually, in Christchurch, probably in the last three or four weeks is the batting has been outstanding and it's, it's normally um, well it's really dominated by bowlers and in and, and Christchurch so it was actually, it's actually been really really good to see 350 play 350 and it's getting chased in, in 42 overs and you know it's, 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 it's really 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 good to see I think for the development of cricket around here it's the wickets do play a massive part, but with us having this such a good summer right now, yeah. and then the weather is playing its part, it's, it's really good for the cricket. It's, the bowlers, you know, have to have to be so much more skillful to, to be successful. This is playing on quite quite often. We play on these green tops, as you as you probably know around Christchurch. So that's <laughs> yeah. good. It's been really really good, and it's good for development. So so much better. It's, it's so much more. I guess you can say it's quite similar to left A cricket with conditions-wise and, and, and the skills you need to succeed. 
Oh, it's such a good point you make, and and the, the weather being dry and hot, it's just all of a sudden because you know the joke is the Garden City. You come down here and and you can just take it. You know, from other cities, you could take a bag bowling, just the same same old stuff. Really, just put it on a length and watch it do the rest. It's um, it is funny how it operates, and especially the last couple of years, it's been quite green, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it has, mate. It has, and you know. It's- Quite often there, you play a whole one-day campaign and 200 is about the pass score. If you score 200 now at the moment, you're losing in the 25th over. Yeah, it's been it's been incredible. The guys have did it really well. It's good to see. It's really good to see. Brilliant. Carl, it's been great to chat to you. Um, really interesting insights on Will and, and uh, awesome to hear a little bit about the club scene as well. It's good that Burnside's going so good, especially in the two-day uh, competition. It's the, well, it's the pure club form, isn't it? The the, the dual day sort of stuff. Um, so we'll get down, we'll catch a wee bit of it. Uh, good luck for the, the Battle of Carl Hazer, the, um, that's what they're calling it, the, the Carl Hazer Bowl, the South Africa Black Cap Series, and I'm sure you'll be a bob each way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Bobby Trey, dead right, mate. You, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta back yourself with those sort of odds. And that's the Canterbury Sports Quarter done, Dustin, for another week. A wonderful show. We've talked a bit of racing, thoroughbred breeding. We've talked plenty of cricket with Willow Rourke's former coach, Carl. Wonderful to catch up with him. And a new SCNZ Canterbury Bulls coach, a bit of rugby league. Uh, the Crusaders, good luck to them tomorrow morning. Good luck to the Black Caps boys. Of course, playing uh, in the first test against South Africa up at the Bay. Uh, we've got plenty of Cantabrians in that team. I need to just shout a Cantabrian of the week. Thanks to Miles Toyota. They are wonderful sponsors and promoters of sport across the region, aren't they? They do a hell of a job. So, thanks to Miles Toyota. Who do we have? Well, it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but not really, because his, his family, uh, great Cantabrians. Uh, actually, the late Jed Stokes was mentioned by our new Bulls head coach, and Ben, well, that win against India in India for England was their greatest triumph. That's literally what they're calling it, and, well, if you watched it, Test cricket is alive and well. That's special. So Ben Stokes, he has got ties enough to be the Cantabrian of, of the week. A little bit tongue-in-cheek, but actually not really. Enjoy the heat. Hopefully the weather stays good. Make sure you have a wonderful weekend. You're nice and safe. We'll catch you next time on the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Big shout-out to Enterprise Recruitment, as well as Miles Toyota. And, um, yeah, have yourself a ripping weekend, everybody. If you close your eyes